You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. Who the hell are you always texting? Everyone you know is here. Seeing how we're all always texting these days, it's important to know which messaging apps are protecting our privacy and which are not. In the last video, we went over some of the least private messaging apps and listed four criteria to consider when choosing an app. To quickly recap, the first was whether the platform uses end-to-end -end encryption, where your message can only be read by the sender and the intended recipient, not the platform it's being sent on. The second was how much metadata the platform collects. If you're having trouble understanding the term metadata, Edward Snowden says, replace it with activity records. That's what they are. The third was how much personal information the platform asks for when you sign up. Do they ask for a phone number, an email address? And finally, whether it's open source and has had third-party privacy audits. There are lots of apps that bill themselves as being private, but how private are they really? Let's start with WhatsApp, the most popular app in the world. It actually fares much better than Facebook's other messaging app, Facebook Messenger. With around 2 billion active users, WhatsApp is the number one messenger app. It's not only the most popular messaging app, but it was one of the first popular messengers to offer end-to-end -end encryption by default. I can't overstate what a huge step this was for privacy and what a tremendous amount of good it did to kickstart a conversation about why private messaging is essential for a free society. But WhatsApp is is not without some big flaws. While chats are end-to-end -end encrypted, chat backups are not. So if you use WhatsApp, make sure to opt out of these backups if you want privacy. Its code is also closed source and there's been no publicly available audit despite a string of critical security vulnerabilities. WhatsApp also collects your metadata and shares some of your information with Facebook's group of companies, despite previous assurances that they wouldn't and that respect for your privacy was coded into their DNA. Facebook's WhatsApp WhatsApp has given most of its 2 billion users an ultimatum. Let the messaging app share your data with its big blue parent or delete the app. This recent change in privacy policy caused a huge backlash and WhatsApp tried to clarify that it only collects such data when you interact with business accounts, but ultimately many found the app too hard to trust and jumped ship. It's been called the largest digital migration in history. Millions of users are abandoning WhatsApp. Many users have switched to Telegram. But is Telegram a more private option? Telegram is built around trying to resist monitoring and censorship. Telegram is a common choice amongst activists because people can add each other as contacts via username without disclosing their phone numbers. Unfortunately, Telegram is actually a lot less private than people think. First of all, by default, its chats are not end-to-end -end encrypted and can be read by Telegram. Only secret chats are protected, but secret chats aren't available for group chats. And group chats are one of the main draws of the platform. Secret chats also use a home-baked encryption protocol. And this move has been criticized by experts because not going with a tried and true cryptographic standard means that there could be security holes that haven't been discovered yet. Just this month, researchers uncovered vulnerabilities that included changing the order of messages being delivered, reading part of the contents of encrypted messages, or even intercepting messages by impersonating the server. The most serious of these attacks are difficult to pull off, but they do illustrate the fragility of their encryption methods. 
method. And while you don't have to give your phone number to people in order to connect with them on Telegram, you do have to give your phone number to Telegram when you sign up, tying your identity to your account. These flaws became real concerns when hundreds of thousands of protesters in Hong Kong took to the streets using Telegram as their primary means of communication. Telegram is a very important um, messenger app for protesters in Hong Kong. Many activists were under the impression that communications were private and relatively anonymous, but they weren't. And many phone numbers were exposed through a weird privacy glitch. If you added a friend on Telegram and the number is already in your phone, instead of Telegram showing you their pseudonymous Telegram name, you were shown their phone number as written in your contacts. It's presumed that Chinese security agencies exploited this security hole by adding thousands of potential protester numbers to devices and then connecting to Telegram groups where participants' identities then became revealed. Telegram does have a very large user base and very useful features, but I wouldn't personally recommend it as a privacy app. Another popular messaging app is iMessage. It comes pre-installed on every iPhone. iMessage is the, the most used messaging service in the US. Apple has done a great job normalizing privacy, including notifying users when apps want to track them and allowing users to turn this advertising tracking off. iMessage has been a big part of their privacy effort. It uses end-to-end -end encryption, all media and attachments are also encrypted, and so is FaceTime when you have voice and video calls. Mind your own business. One big caveat is that iCloud backups of your messages are not encrypted. While this is more of a problem with iCloud not being encrypted than anything else, backups are enabled by default, so be aware of this. Metadata is also not encrypted. Now, Apple can't read your messages, but they do control all the key infrastructure, so they could theoretically change the keys anytime they wanted and then would be able to read your messages. Apple would need to intentionally target you by a court order or otherwise, and obviously it wouldn't be in their best interest interests as a promoter of privacy, but this is an extreme scenario that's worth keeping in mind if the government decides to launch an all-out attack on encryption. As iMessage is closed source, it's also very difficult to verify all of iMessage's claims. One vulnerability that was in the news this week was that iMessage allows strangers to send it user messages without needing any approval from them first. This makes it easier for hackers to send malware via texts, and apparently was one of the many methods used by the NSO Pegasus spyware to infect the phones of journalists and activists worldwide, enabling remote surveillance of the devices. Although iMessage has not yet protected against this vulnerability, messaging app Signal took measures to fix it last year, requiring user approval before a stranger can call or text you. Signal is often cited as one of the best private messaging apps. Edward Snowden and Twitter founder Jack Dorsey have praised the app for being extremely secure. In the past year, Signal has exploded in popularity. People like it because it's designed to minimize the data that it collects from users. It doesn't log metadata. It doesn't store a record of your contacts, social graph, conversation list, location, user avatar, user profile name, group memberships, group titles, or group avatars. <sighs> Signal has also introduced sealed sender tech, which means that if communications were somehow intercepted, the sender's identity is still protected. Goodness, even the way it handles stickers protects your privacy. Signal software is free and open source and has undergone audits so that people can verify that Signal is doing what it claims to do. Users can set messages and chat histories to automatically disappear. There's no advertising tracking issues or affiliate marketing because there are no ads. Users have complete ownership of their decryption keys. One point of controversy is that they introduced a feature called Secure Value Recovery. Basically, it's a way to back up your
your contacts and settings in case you lose your device without Signal being able to read any of it. It sounds great, but backups mean that data has been taken off your device, which many privacy advocates don't want. The backups are secured with a PIN, but PINs can be brute forced easily. So in order to make the PIN stronger, Signal paired it with something called Intel SGX technology that integrates a random seed with your PIN to create a cryptographic key that's stored within SGX. Basically, SGX helps make even a weak PIN secure by adding complicated stuff to it, which makes this backup of your data safer, and also prevents brute force attacks by limiting the number of tries you can make to guess the PIN before locking you out permanently. But some cryptography experts have concerns about vulnerabilities within SGX itself and say that someone with enough resources, like a nation state, might be able to compromise it. Luckily, there is an easy way out of these risks opt out of backups. Perhaps the biggest criticism of Signal is that it requires you to use a phone number. If you want to communicate with someone, you have to reveal your private number to them and you need to link your number to sign up. If this concerns you, I recommend using a separate number just for Signal. Out of all of the most privacy-focused messaging apps that I've tried, Signal has the smoothest experience and I commend them for expanding their privacy advocacy into the realm of private payments. The right to financial privacy seems like a long-forgotten dream these days with digital payments becoming increasingly tracked and monitored by credit card companies and payment apps. But Signal is beta testing in the UK the ability for users to send payments to each other using a privacy-focused cryptocurrency called MobileCoin. They plan to integrate other privacy coins in the future, but said that no other privacy coins were yet capable of achieving exactly what they wanted. So for the time being, they're just using this coin that was specifically designed for messaging apps. We should realize that crypto payments within messaging apps will likely be routine in our future. While these competing technologies are being developed, it's important to think about who we want to win the battle for market share, and therefore who we want to support during this development stage. In one possible future, Facebook and their DM coin will dominate, and will no doubt harvest as much financial data from you as possible. In another possible future though, Signal, with their huge user base, is able to popularize in-app crypto payments first, but with a focus on privacy. I am really hopeful that they can start to normalize financial privacy to a mainstream audience with this move. And I wish them the best of luck. Some final messaging apps with smaller user bases that are worth mentioning. Session is a signal fork, but doesn't require a phone number and also uses a decentralized node infrastructure to relay messages via onion routing. It's definitely promising, but is also a lot less responsive and lacks many features that Signal has, such as video calling. But I hear that they are currently working on a new kind of onion routing network that is fast enough to onion route our calls, so I'm definitely keeping my eye on them. Another app is Threema. Based in Switzerland, it generates as little metadata as possible and stores it only as long as is absolutely necessary. The app can be used completely anonymously without having to sign up using an email address or phone number. All messages and media are end-to-end encrypted, and contacts and group chats are stored on user devices instead of on a Threema server. Threema is also open source. However, for all of Threema's privacy and security advantages, a big obstacle is getting more people to use it because it costs a few dollars. I personally believe that privacy is worth paying for, but half the battle is convincing your friends of this too, so you actually have someone to message on there. Matrix isn't an instant messenger itself, but an open standard to allow secure, decentralized, real-time communication. Some people refer to it as a federated Slack-like platform. It's open source, decentralized, and anyone 
can deploy their own server. You can sign up anonymously with no phone number needed. Metadata is stored on the home server itself, meaning you either need to trust the home server or deploy your own. End-to-end -end encryption is turned on by default. The most popular client or user interface for Matrix is called Element. Many of my friends are really excited by Element and they use it, but they also say it's not as simple as platforms like Signal and the user experience can be counterintuitive. It is worth noting that while the Matrix encryption library has undergone third-party audits, Element has not undergone an audit. Hopefully this will come soon. Wicca is a popular messaging app that has just been bought by Amazon, so we're not even diving into that. The final app I'll mention is Wire. One more time. Everything on Wire is encrypted end-to-end -end by default. Messages, images, files, and video. New keys are generated with every message. The app is free for most people, but you can also pay to upgrade if you want more services. It too is open source and has encrypted group chats and encrypted video calls. It also has the ability for users to set messages to auto-disappear, but it's a little more clunky than on Signal because each user is responsible for their own preferences. I've participated in group chats where my messages have disappeared but the rest of the conversation around me remains when those users haven't set their messages to disappear. I would much prefer to be able to set disappearing messages for an entire chat. I've also noticed that Y sometimes drops messages, but I still rate it very highly and it's one of my most used messaging apps alongside Signal. There are of course lots of other messaging apps out there and we'll cover more in future videos. But an important tip to remember, just because a messaging app seems to tick all the right boxes at the moment doesn't mean that it will remain that way. Tech changes, platforms change their policies, so vigilance is necessary in order to make good decisions about your privacy. Network effect is also an important factor, so if no one else in your social circle is using your app of choice, it's not going to be much use for you regardless of how private it is. I've actually managed to convince a lot of my friends to switch to Signal, teaching others that there are better messaging apps out there that don't hoover up all your data is important. So go forth and spread the privacy love with your friends and family. Your father's a very private person. Boys, where are the bath towels? Oh, ice cream truck! Hey, I'm a Bitcoin, Darren, I'm scared.